Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Grab Matters Podcast. Today we welcome on a very special guest, Beck Gange. Beck is a female professional wakeboarder from Australia. Uh, today we talk about how she got her start over in Australia, uh, making the journey over here to America, uh, getting sponsors, changing sponsors, what she thinks of the female wakeboarding atmosphere right now and the competition scene, uh, her trick of the year. We also talk about a reality TV show she was on. Um, and a bunch of other stuff with Beck. It was a great conversation. Had a lot of fun. And as always, if you want to support the podcast, make sure to hit that Patreon. Um, you guys can go ahead and see who the guests are early there and submit questions for them. Um, and I'll ask them here on the podcast, uh, as well as scooping some merch up on the website. So if you guys are interested in supporting the podcast, it means a lot to me. helps a lot. Um, otherwise, just keep liking and sharing everything. That's huge to get the podcast out. So thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. All right, we're back. Another episode of the Grab Matters podcast. Today, we welcome on a very special guest, Beck Gange. Hi, how's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming out. Uh, Start off with a couple quick questions here. Wake pants, yes or no? Yeah, I mean, do whatever you feel like doing. For you, though. For oh, for me, um. Not so much anymore. Anymore, okay. I used to wear like some leggings, like when I was sponsored by Jet Pilot. Um, we, I had a whole range of stuff with Jet Pilot, um, and we had like always matching leggings. So I had like a full outfit, like I mean, rash guard, life jacket, and and leggings, and like sometimes I just wear the whole like, get up. Well, kit it out. Just, just do it. <laughs> I mean, if you got the line, you might as well <laughs> <Exactly>. wear it, right? <laughs> okay, but these days, wake pants. Nah, just shorts. Not just, just shorts. shorts. All right, all right. Uh, favorite grab? Um, probably has to be Malin. I was okay. thinking Indy. I was trying to think about this one. I was Me and my boyfriend were talking about it this morning, and I was like, what do you think, Indy? And he's like, no, nah, it's Malin for you. I was like, okay, cool. I think Malin <laughs> is the most, most common, mm-hmm. most popular. It's fun. You can, like, throw it in anywhere and, like, really be able to poke it, you know? It's true. You can really tweak it too, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's kind of the, the precursor to the method. So yep, yeah, it's a, it's a classic. Methods is so hard, though. Have you done a switch method? No, I never tried a switch method. Yeah, I was maybe talking to Tony about it this morning. Maybe that's what I have to do. That's. I think everyone should start trying a tw- switch method because it seems <laughs> like a method. M- maybe to- go for a toe side method. Ugh, that sounds <laughs> like a back edge just all day. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's dive into the early days. So, run us through, you know, where you're from and, and where you grew up. Um, I'm from a little town in Australia called Mildura. Um, sometimes people think it's Mandra, but it's Mildura, M-I-L-D-U-R-A, and it's just yeah, a really small country town. Um, pretty much the desert. There's really nothing around us. The closest town is probably like Renmark is like an hour and a half away. So yeah, we're just. Out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. So I guess the closest, I don't even know that town. How far is it from like a, a really big town? Um, so if you go to Sydney, it's a 12-hour drive. Melbourne's uh, Melbourne's about six hours drive. So we're in Victoria. So same state as Melbourne, but northwest corner. I mean, the northwest corner of Victoria that you can get. Okay. Um, Adelaide's four hours. And then most, most of the Aussie riders will come up uh, like they're from Queensland um gold coast sydney so brisbane's 20 hours jeez australia is bigger than I thought. <laughs> it is <laughs> so well, it's, uh, you guys are actually bigger than like north america's size is actually big. we just have less stuff in the middle okay so everything's on the coast you Makes know sense. what i mean yeah, yeah. um and then there's not much inland there's so just no water is there a lot of lakes by you or we have a river okay the murray river that's what we um 
we would always go out on. So it's like 3,000 kilometers long, whatever that is in miles. I don't know. I have no idea. It but it's pretty long. It's very long. Okay. Yeah, it starts in the snowy mountains and then it'll run through Victoria. It's, it's a, the border at a lot of places for New South Wales and Victoria. And then it'll go right through to Adelaide. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, so before you got into to water sports and wakeboarding, were you into any other sports? Um, yeah, we didn't get a boat till I was about 11. Um, we had nothing to do with water sports. Um, my dad is Australian. My mum's German. So my mum, she would snow ski, but she's never water skied before. And my dad maybe single skied with his friends once upon a time when he was drunk or something one day. Just hanging out with the buddies. <laughs> so, yeah, we never grew up water skiing. Didn't even know anything about it um i loved basketball i played a lot of basketball i had a horse when i was younger a um horse? yep yeah i had a horse for a few years there so what did you, i mean like horse racing or no just the one thing in my life that i wasn't competitive at i just w um would just go trail riding and just ride around the bush and with a couple of friends saturday sundays we'll just go out and go for a ride and then come back and yeah i think that's where a lot of like um my toughness came from you know like you'd fall off the horse and winded can't breathe but you just always get back up and you just keep going sounds so. pretty gnarly honestly <laughs> <laughs> so you just go out with your friends riding horses through the yeah, woods pretty much yep sounds um sick. i think we got her when i was when i was about 11 or so too but i would i would horse ride before that there was a lady she she was badass actually when you think about it she was like 80 years old she had horses and she would take like kids trail riding so like it was 10 bucks on a saturday morning and would just go out with this 80 year old lady mrs golkey her name was and uh yeah we'll just go out trail riding with her and then eventually my parents were gave in and got me a horse interesting yeah okay <laughs> so a little basketball a little horse riding yep. i had no idea about the horse and, riding and netball i don't know if you know what netball I have no is. idea what no. netball is it's basically like basketball but um you have like certain positions and the ring has no backboard it's just the net so okay yeah it's a, it's like i mean boys and girls play it but it's mainly like a girl sport it's really big in australia for women okay kind of yeah. like field hockey here is like mainly just a girl sport yeah and there's like yeah. a okay interesting yeah. didn't know yeah. netball uh so when did you i guess when did you get your first experience you know getting out on the water uh i think it was this is what my dad tells me because I can't really remember because it's that long ago now because I'm old. But, <laughs> but my uncle had a fishing boat. It was just a tinny. And we went out in it one day and I just sat up the front like a little dog just hanging off the front, you know, like, oh, this is awesome. And then my, uh, my dad and I just kept bugging mom for a boat. And her deal, her deal was we could get a boat if she got one trip a year that she could go wherever she wanted and like vacation yeah yeah yep and so that was the deal so then yeah we conned her into getting a boat so how far are you said you're by this river but how close are, are you on the river or? it was like five minutes drive okay. yeah so we had to trailer it every time but it was like five six minutes okay drive. so family gets a boat when do you guys start you know experimenting with towing getting towed behind it and stuff yeah like what well, it was a funny story how we got the boat, actually. So my mom, we left the house. We, we went on this trip, and Dad's like, we're going, and we're not coming home till we get a boat. I'm like, all right. So we all, four of us jump in the car. Mom's like, I forgot my medication. So we had to turn around, 
go back to medication, make sure the stove was turned off before we went on this trip. So, <laughs> so we're like, I can't remember what the town was called. I know my parents would, but we're cruising through this town. And we see this boat on the side of the road and we're like, oh, look at that. We'll stop and have a look at it. This guy, he went out on the boat with his friends and they didn't help him clean up or anything. And he was just so done with with the boat that he pulled up in the front you know still had his driver's license wet life jackets wet shit, like everything was <laughs> just fresh out of going in the water and he just like pulled up put a sign out the front it was just like i am done with this crap and like so if we hadn't turned around to go back to get mom's medication we probably never would have saw that boat because yeah. he was like i literally put it up like 10 minutes ago so like that that little thing of mom having to go home God, yeah, everything happens first, for a reason. Uh-huh, yeah. It does. And then we kept going up to Melbourne a little bit and then we decided we wanted that one and came back. So you didn't stop it. at that one immediately and get it? No, we had a look at a couple of others okay. and then we went back and got that but one. that was the one that was That was the be. one. And then we went home um, with that and immediately bought a tube and we were tubing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's. I feel like that's the natural progression, right? <laughs> tubing and then we um, tried a friend's kneeboard and then we kneeboarded and then... Uh, we saw someone do a, a tantrum like well at the time we didn't know it was a tantrum it was just like oh my god they did a flip that was so cool and then um our our single first single ski we had was we found it in the river it was a single ski just floating in the river so that was our first single ski that we got up on and then um yeah and then we sort of started getting into wakeboarding after that so what what kind of boat was this do you remember it was i don't even know the name of the boat but it was just it was like not a ski boat but it was just just um, kind of a just a stagecraft it had a high pole motor was in the middle we used to like my dad used to uh undo the plug like to fill the boat up get a bigger wake he'd just undo the back bung and fill the whole boat up with water and then that was uh and then he tried to invent his own cruise control because like you know us when we're wakeboarding we're like so fast that every two seconds yeah so he tried to like do it like in a car where there's a like he made a little switch that holds the foot pedal down in a certain spot so he could hold the speed the boat had foot pedals yeah <laughs> i've never seen a boat i mean i haven't been in that many boats but i've been in a few boats yeah yeah like um no reverse it's just a one foot pedal and but then there's a neutral like to put in neutral like down by in the floor there's like a little handle and you just pull that and it'll stick it into neutral or into Sounds like a bizarre boat. Was it? Did you guys have a name for it? Uh, it was called the Redback. So um, Redback is a Black Widow spider, and that was its name when we bought it. It was oh, that when you bought it. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It okay. was red and sparkly and had pictures of spiders all over it. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Did the cruise control about that. the cruise control work? No, it didn't work. No, that good. no. Well, it was worth the effort at least. <laughs> <Yep>. I mean. <laughs> okay, so tubing. Find a slalom ski, do a little skiing. And then so run through the first experience you guys have wakeboarding. I hated it. I didn't like wakeboarding. My brother loved it. He 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 had a really good style too. And he he loved wakeboarding. He's him and his friends, they would ride all the time. Um and like I would just do it to do it, but I like single skiing. I never competed or anything in single skiing. Well, I did do one context, but that doesn't matter but um but yeah no i i just did it for the fun of it and then um once we got a bigger boat that's 
not that big anymore but at the time was big yeah. had like a t- tower speakers everyone was like what's that roll cage on the boat and we we're like oh no it's a tower we thought it was really cool and um <laughs> and then and then i started learning like wake to wakes and turso wake to wakes and 180s and then i started falling in love with it okay so it wasn't until that second boat you guys had with the roll cage yeah gotcha. the first one oh man i still have the footage somewhere but i was like i'm gonna learn to jump the wake you know like anyone we have no idea what the hell we're doing and i just remember like really cutting into this wake i think the rope was probably like 80 feet we didn't know to shorten it and i was just like really cut little mini really and just front edge and then and then oh. my brother all he said was i wish you told me that i would have filmed it i'm like well i'm gonna keep trying i think <laughs> i took like five more of those and my dad's like you just get in the boat back he was like <laughs> It's not not working today. And the old school like VCR cameras, you know, like no phones or nothing. It was like VCRs and yeah. So what's that? What's that next boat then? So a wakeboard boat? Yeah, it was it was called a ski craft. Okay. Um, they manufactured in Australia, and um, I think we saw it at a boat show, and um, yeah, Dad was just like, that boat's cool. You get a bit of wake out bigger wake out of it and had the tower and everything and then so your brother was probably wakeboarding quite a bit then yeah so it's like okay let's get a a boat for it Mm -hmm. so once you get this boat sounds like you kind of start picking it up a little bit more a little bit more yeah okay um started trying more flips and you know started doing 180s consistently and that sort of stuff so it was yeah started picking up more and i just i remember i'm probably jumping ahead but the the back rolls man freaking flips were hard it was almost at a point where i was like oh, i'm done doing this but like it was in muldura there was some university competition or something and josh sanders was there and we were like holy crap that's josh sanders like first pro we've ever met and of course my dad goes up and he's like hey like my daughter's trying flips would you want to like come out and just watch her <laughs> he came out in the boat i did one and he was like you're doing everything wrong and uh, I think that was my moment. And the dad was like, yeah, I can't coach this. I don't know how to coach wakeboard. Because he used to just be like, just cut in really hard, go really big, and then worry about it when you're up there. You got it like this. And that, that was the Motivation, but maybe had. not yeah. <laughs> constructive criticism <laughs> no, that was needed. <laughs> okay, so what was that, that first contest? Was that, was that your first contest that you were at? I didn't compete at it. It was just okay. at our local ski club. And so we just went down to hang out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my first contest... Um, we always would go to South Australia because it was closer for us. So I'd always compete for South Australia. But the first one, oh yeah, that's right. The first one was in Adelaide, um, which it was this really cool spot. It was, the water was terrible, like conditions wise and um, health wise. But it health-wise. was yeah, but it was in Glenelg, like right on this beachy spot. But it was it was a little river off the beach. I always had fun at those ones. But yeah, I remember my dad just being like, oh, Beck, you you could really like win this. You know, all I had was 180s and some week to weeks. And he's like, you got this. And I went out, first hit. Fuck it. Sorry, excuse my language. Oh, you Flying, can swear. Okay, you can swear all you want. <laughs> Fucking shit. Fuck all you want. <laughs> Flying through the air. It was just going to be week to week. Like went upside down on my head. The whole boat was like, oh, got up. Went to do a toe side week to week and fell. And that was my first contest. I was like, yeah, thanks, dad. Really? Really got that one. <laughs> so it was over quick after. It was very, very quick. And then I think the next day we had another ride. I think it made it first pass. And then. Okay. Got it. some more 80s yeah, in there maybe. Yeah, okay. That's about it. 
Okay, so let, kind of walk through the progression of that first contest. You know, maybe first day didn't go well, second day a little bit better, but the progression of then until you start progressing and doing, you know, better at different contests. Um, it was slow, slow process. It was never like, I don't think for me, it was ever just something I just easily was good at. And contest-wise, you know, like I think just the nerves got to me. I don't know, as a kid and I'm like, I was more harsh on myself than my parents were, you know, like they didn't care as long as I was having fun. But, and then I remember when I was, um, I think it was, would have been 14, I think 14 or 15. I had my first nationals I went to in Canberra and I had it. It was me and Katie Blau and we were the only two girls in that division that had a flip. She had a tantrum. I had a back row and that was like 12 of us, 12, 13 girls in the 10 to 14s. I think it was. And um, I had my run set, like stupid me. I fell on the way down and my first trick coming back was a back roll, but you know, I should have changed it because I already had one fall. I think my dad was hiding in the tree somewhere cause he couldn't watch. <laughs> and I turned around, came back, first trick, back roll fell. And that was, that was it, 10th place. I came 10th place. When you- Probably at least should have got second. Yeah, bro, yeah. <laughs> it should have been least. between like Katie and me for a first. And yeah, I came I came tenth and she won. <laughs> okay. But um yeah, it was it was pretty slow for me to just be able to put a run together, you yeah. know, like just to make it back to the dock. Like it was and I just I remember at this one contest I'm gonna swear again in a second, but we're at this contest and I don't know, I've I fell a bunch of times, I was mad mom it was just mom and me we're in the pool and she's like like just stop she's like you're not having fucking fun just don't fucking do it she's like i don't care i don't care what you do like as long as you're having fun and i was like oh yeah maybe she's right and i think that was my point where i was like i need to have fun with this like it's just wakeboarding but me being super competitive i just always had to do my best yeah yeah it was a big deal to you i mean so how often are you riding you know, when you're not at the, at the contest, how often, you know, a week or month are you riding? Um, back then weekends. Okay. Like, yeah. My dad was a truck driver. Um, so he would be away from Monday to Friday. Um, so Saturday, Sundays is when we rode. Sometimes if he was home early enough on a Friday, we would go out Friday after school, but yeah, just, just Saturday, Sunday. Um, mom didn't like driving the boat. She hated driving the boat. So. It's not an uncommon thing for moms to yeah. not, you know, be, be in love with driving the boat, especially when the kids wakeboarding, they take a hard fall. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know what I do. Actually, that was more dad. Dad didn't like seeing the hard falls. Okay. Yeah. Mom, she's German. She's just like, That's ah, true. whatever. Get back point. up. Go again. <laughs> All right. We got a, uh, a Patreon question from Ollie DeRome. So if you guys want to hop on that Patreon, you can, you know, submit questions to the guests we're having on. Um, Ollie is wondering, how growing up riding the Murray in Mildura, is that how you say it, Mildura? Mm-hmm. Yep, Mildura? How it's different than other, you know, Australian wake environments. We had no one. Like, oh, by the way, thank you, Ollie. I didn't know that was coming. That's <laughs> awesome. Someone thought of me, yes. Um, <laughs> we, we, yeah, I mean, we were so isolated. We had no one. We had, like I said, no idea what the hell we were doing. Like, we had some friends that could do a rally and a flip and that just, that you know, that tried to help me, but like, we, yeah, we didn't know. It was just crash after crash after crash. And like, and then of course you go to South Australia and start meeting people, but I love South Australia, but we're, even South Australia compared to the rest of the country is like pretty far away. And we're just like, 
not out of tune that's not the right word but we're just so um we weren't in the mix you know south yeah south australia perth especially over there they (laughs) like it's like perth south australia muldura and then once you start getting towards melbourne and then like melbourne sydney and like like new south wales queensland that was kind of like Definitely Sydney, Queensland was more the hub of like where all the wakeboards came from, you know, and okay. then Melbourne. But yeah, Mildura, just nothing. But the river was amazing. Like everyone comes to Mildura on their holidays and they're like, this place is so good. Like it's, the river is just so amazing. Like, What's so good about the river? It's deep. Um, it doesn't flow very fast. Hmm. So the water's pretty much always calm. Um, we have like locks that just kind of capture the water in there and the the river's not too wide or it's not too narrow so you could go if it's windy one street you just go around the corner and it's nice and then it's nice around the next corner so it's like you can always kind of find some sort of good water and there's no seawalls it's just there's no bounce back Hmm. like it's just nice shorelines and there's no houses like you're not allowed to really build houses at all on the river so there's no one living on there so you're not really gonna piss anybody off you know so yeah wow good spot sounds like a great spot other than the fact that there really wasn't anybody wakeboarding yeah that it was it was hard it definitely to progress anything it was hard you know yeah yeah so when what age would you say that you were kind of exposed to i mean you went to some contests here and there but you're still at home Mm -hmm. what age did it turn into like okay starting to ride with maybe some other people is that in australia or do you come to the states for that uh in australia so like i mean once i started going to australian nationals that's when i started meeting some higher bigger names you know what i mean um although harley's younger than me you know like harley clifford amber Haley smith um and then once i sort of started going to yeah the nationals they had i remember they had a um like a grom camp like coming up for i think it was like worlds or something and they had like a grom camp up at black diamond and so that's when i went there and that's when I, I think that's one of the first times when I really started to learn things. Like Haley Smith was one of the coaches. I can't remember if Amber was there or not now, but I really remember Haley coaching me, teaching me how to do spins. Oh my God, I sucked. I sucked at spins. Oh, I could do my 180s and then the second 180, anything backside would just be pass. like pretty much upside down on my head. Like I still remember Haley saying like once I learned like heel fives and stuff eventually and she's just like, man, you sucked at spins and now you're doing fives. Like, so I really remember her teaching me a lot of stuff for spin or like backside 180s, like inside out backside 180s and stuff like that to help my spins. And then that's when I started to meet people. But I mean, I did pretty much once once i hit 18 and i started coming over here is when i started meeting more people too. okay so yeah. your first trip here was around 18 18 yep okay. yeah i finished school uh finished year 12 and i didn't really know what i wanted to do like i didn't really want to go to university or anything i just knew i wanted to wakeboard and i wanted to do the endless summer like all the aussies do so that was my dream <laughs> it was just to come over here and then go back home and come over here and go back home australians yeah it's <laughs> It's nice. It's tempting. Okay. So when, when do you first start getting some attention from sponsors? Is that before you come to the States or? Yeah, I had a couple of sponsors in Australia. Um, um, one of my good friends, he is a V8 supercar driver in Australia. Oh, I mean, we're not great friends anymore, but we still stay in, stay in touch. Yeah. Um, his name is Rick Kelly. And I used to 
wakeboard with him and his brother and he was sponsored by uh, Jet Pilot, Oakley um, and Liquid Force. Um, and they lived, their family live in my hometown. And so I'd go riding with him and he saw like potential in me. And so he reached out to his sponsors, Liquid Force, Jet Pilot and Oakley. And he helped me um, make a resume up. You know, like a full like binder resume, like pictures okay. and like everything. And then my brother, he told us like, hey, go film and put this little DVD together. So my brother films, filmed me writing. I found it on my computer the other day, actually. Oh, wow, I used to, I did get angry when I was young. Anyway. You got to bring that up. You got to <laughs> upload that somewhere. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so funny though. And um, so, yeah, we made this DVD. My brother put it to music. Uh, we put it in a little thing and sent it off to those three and yeah and then those three sponsored me was it is this just gear or they yeah just gear. okay yeah so yep. but starting yep. the contacts yep. with you know bigger sure. companies yep. and then so you're getting bored some gear um so you say you go to the states when you're like right after school 18 mm-hmm. yep. where do you stay when you get here uh i would go i went to the wakeboard camp yeah uh, okay. so i because I had there were some people in my hometown that wanted to keep me skiing because I was pretty good at I was tall and like I was I was pretty good at skiing well I don't know compared to the rest of the world but my hometown I was good so they were trying to keep me skiing and this guy um Nigel helped me organize I was going to go to New York and work at a, at a summer camp like with kids and stuff in New York but I just really wanted to come to Orlando I was like in that transition of I don't, I don't want to ski anymore. I want to wakeboard. And so I was like, I, want to, I just want to go to Orlando. Like, that's where everybody is. And so I remember emailing a bunch of resumes to, like, OWC, the wakeboard camp, probably the boarding school, like, just any ones that I could type into Google on my desktop. And um, and and luckily, uh, Amber and Haley were both at the wakeboard camp. So I already knew them at that point, and they, they put in good words for me. And then, Yeah. And we ended up at the wakeboard camp. So so what's that look like when you get here? Are you helping with coaching and camping and then riding on the side as well? Or? I was just in the kitchen. I didn't know that a kitchen. Yeah. We okay. just I just cook food, cook the breakfast and lunches and dinners and, and um which was cool because it was hot. Just and so I got to be inside in the air conditioning. And then we would ride you could ride early morning, lunchtime or in the evenings. So we just slept. Basically it was just helping in the kitchen for food a place to stay and a place to ride. So how many times a day would you ride? Mm, probably just like once, maybe. Okay. It's going back a while now. Probably, yeah. I, I don't think we averaged, two, like, I don't even think we really rode on the weekends. We'd go to the cable park on the weekends, but um, but like maybe once a day or something like that. Okay. And so you said I was going to bring up cable park. So is that, had you ridden cable in Australia at all before you came over? Yeah, but I didn't... Um, I can't remember how old I was. I would have been like, I would have had to be in 16 the first time I rode okay. to Kebble Park. Do you remember the Maven sessions? Liquid Force Maven sessions? Mm, I don't know. Can't remember. Anyway, it was like the girls sort of side of Liquid Force and they'd have like, they'd just sort of tour around and take girls out wakeboarding and stuff. And it, it was Melissa and Amber. Um, I'm not sure if Shelby Cantar came over for that, but we were up at Queensland and okay. I rode Bly Bly for the first time. And it was at the Maven session, and I, I loved it. I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I was like, this is awesome." <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> I think I ate shit a few <laughs> times, but 
I mean, that, yeah, I feel like almost everyone. Everyone, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's just <laughs> paying your dues. It's what happens. Um, so growing up, were there any wakeboard movies that you, um, maybe your brother and people you rode with would watch? Any favorites growing up? Um, I guess I was like kind of late for like all the earlier ones. Um, but my first one that my brother got me was um, Butter Effect. So that's one of my favorites, Butter Effect. And then Push Process, loved Push Process. Like me and my friends, we talked about it for months until that thing came out <laughs> we set up a full movie night like put the sheet up and like really yeah put, got like a, a projector screen and like yeah we made a full night of it love it yeah that's awesome um so who are i mean in those movies there's a lot of big name riders but who are some riders that that you looked up to at that time um as well? ben greenwin benny g okay yeah. lyman rusty section in um butter effect i really like that one um that was probably the main ones okay yeah Big names there. Benji's <laughs> stylist. I just, you wouldn't have heard of them. You know. <laughs> <laughs> a couple nobodies in there. Uh, I, I guess, I don't know when you signed with Supra. When was that? How long after this yeah. trip was um, that? So I came over in 2008. It was the first year I came over. So I came over eight to actually the first year I came in 08 was pretty funny. First trip on my own ever. Like, parents are sending, oh, I, sending okay. a little girl off you know and they're yeah. like all right off you go like have fun and no phones like i mean i had probably the flip phone yeah. you know like the old nokia flip phones and i i arrived my flight was late i arrived at like midnight and i remember walking into the baggage claim and i saw these two people i think they were like barefoot board shorts t-shirt i'm like i thought oh that's that's probably who's coming to pick me up. And then by the time, like, I kind of got my bag and made my, they were gone. And I was like, all right. So I got my bags, walked outside and just sat there. And I was like, I don't know what the go is here. Like, I guess someone's going to eventually pick me up. So I sat there till about three in the morning. No one picked me up. I'm like, I don't know. Okay. Like, I didn't even know where Clement was. I was like, all right, my options are. I could ask for someone for some change to call a payphone, call from a payphone and call the the camp and then but they're probably asleep so no one's gonna answer i was like i could get in a cab drive out there and then what fall asleep in the grass or something i don't even know what the place looked like you know so i just went upstairs and got a hotel (laughs) at three in the morning i'm like trying to i could i think i could text mom and i was like hey but it costs money you know so i was like wrote this long thing hey no one's here to pick me up but i'm good i'm staying in a hotel i'll like let you know what's happening tomorrow and then um the next morning i called the camp and then someone come and got me but yeah that was my first experience of coming over here rough like, start I'm a rough start so i was like well if i can get through that i can get through that's true a lot good of things point. face <laughs> adversity early on and then you yep. conquer it who was, so, was someone supposed to pick you up that night or was just lost yeah that, well and then they said they had some campers that they had to pick up. So they went to the campers and then they were just kind of like, oh, she must not be here. And then, and then just went back. See you later. Back. So, yeah. So that was 08. And then I came in. I only came over for like a couple months. Loved it. 09, I came for like uh, three months and then 10. So 8, 9, 10, I came over. Um, and then I didn't come over 11, 12, and then 13 again okay 13 onwards so 8 9 10 are you competing at any i mean probably i went to the first year yeah we went to a world the first year um i can't remember what where it was but i sucked i was in like junior women i was like hillside back row fell got up did a indie grab 
Toast had a front row fell. That was it. Really, kind of some rough starts to the contest, <laughs> Beck. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'll tell some good ones soon, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was like one of the first worlds I went to. I had fun, the rest of it, but yeah. Well, that's that was, the point, right? Yep. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so 8, 9, 10, are you picking up any sponsors that are starting to pay you at this point, or is this mm-hmm. still just... Nope, just all on me. Yeah, I'd go. The camp and- yeah, so you, d- you didn't get paid at the camp though. But so I would just work in Australia, work the six months, save up money, pay my for my flights, come over here, spend my time over here. And obviously, like I didn't have many costs while I was here because I was like gas was covered, food was covered, place to stay was covered, kind of thing. So yeah. like all I had to do was have some spending money, but. All I wanted to do was wakeboard. So I didn't go to many contests those three years, though. Just getting better. Yeah. And then, like, Worlds was at O-Dubs one year. So I went to that one, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to come over and just wakeboard and try and progress. So two two things on that. What did you do for work in Australia those six months? Um, bunch of different things. Retail work. Um, my first job was a checkout chick at a supermarket. And then I worked at a pizza store, um, retail work. One year I worked at a phone store. um, And then when I got a bit older, just like the last few times I was home, I worked at a winery in the laboratory in a winery. A laboratory? Yeah. Yep. And um, mixing chemicals and stuff. And uh, yeah, so I just find whatever I could find when I get back. For six months and then... Mm -hmm. And were you living at home at that point? Yeah. I'm guessing too. Okay. Okay. So when you did come over though... Is it in your mind mindset to compete? Like, I want to go and win contests, or is it simply I just want to wakeboard a ton and get I, better? I did. I just didn't have the money to go to any of them, and I also just didn't think I was good enough to go to any of them. So I, I just didn't think I was at any sort of level to be able to go to all these contests, especially, like, the pro events. You know, like, I was like, no, I'm not good enough to go to them. So it was just to come over and wakeboard and – yeah, have fun. Pretty but much. was it kind of on your mind, like oh, in a few sure. years? Yeah, like, yeah, I'll be there. If, if, for sure. Um, I mean, I was like, I remember we did some edit, and like, I mean, I was already trying toe sevens, you know, and like that. That was that first edit is. I remember when people were like, "Whoa, who the hell is this chick?" Like, <laughs> caught a back edge in it. Actually, it was pretty good. But like, yeah, I was like, I was just trying some things, and there was no one really heard of me, and they were just like, "Oh, who's that?" And then. And then, yeah, eleven twelve. I didn't come back over. I stayed in Australia for eleven twelve. Why is that? Uh, I had a boyfriend. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, not just that, but, like, I just didn't have any big tricks. Like, I didn't have whirlies or tootsies or anything like that. And I was just like, man, I can't afford to do this. Like, so, um, the boyfriend at the time, he moved up to Queensland. And I always wanted to live in Queensland. So, he moved up there to go to school. And I moved up there and I worked at a surf store for a couple of years and um and rode a bunch in brisbane with Corey and brad tunison okay still wakeboarding yeah though. yeah i still wakeboarded just on the weekends and okay. like we'd go to the cable park like go to blah blah and go to the cable and stuff like that so we still rode i just um and i competed in like the queensland contest and stuff like that and nationals and whatever like just within australia so i still had it on my mind you know about wakeboarding i just didn't think i was good enough over here and then Riding with Corey and um, Brad, they helped me learn a bunch of stuff. Like I learned a whirly and like close to a Moby Dick. But anyway, I had like some more. Tr- oh, a dum dum. That's right. I landed a dum dum with them and like kind of progressed with that. And um, 
and then the boyfriend at the time we broke up and I wanted to come back over here I was like I got some stuff now like I I could do well you know so I moved back to Mildura and saved up money again and um came back over here I just I was like I'm gonna give it one good crack like I'm gonna go yeah. over Tunison's um got a house so they were like come stay with us so in 2013 I came over and stayed with them and I was just like I'm gonna give it one big crack like save up my money don't go to the camp and work like go and just train every day go to every single contest I can go to if I spend all my money I spend all my money I'm just gonna give it one more crack like I don't want to get to 60 and could have been like oh what if I could have been a wheelchair what if I could have been good at this you know so um so yeah that was the the year I turned pro, and that's the year I signed with Supra. It was 2013. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into Supra in just a second because I didn't. I wasn't sure what year that was. But so when you were back in Australia, was that? I'm, I'm not going to say like kind of forgetting about wakeboarding, but you're just riding on the weekends. Was it wakeboarding wasn't really as much of a thing in your life anymore? Where it was like, um, it was still pretty big. Like I rode a bunch with Mick Neville. Um, he's the Australian uh, liquid force O'Brien. I'm not rap. He's just the importer. You know, like he's a huge thing in Australia, and like amazing guy awesome family um so i'd ride with him a bunch and like he would include me in all the liquid force stuff you know like would go there was a contest or an event or whatever in um a bly bly or like if we had to shoot the new boards like he would include me in all of that so like so it was still in my life for sure okay. like you know it was still in the back of my mom oh, maybe one day i'll do all right at this but like but I was just enjoying everything I had right then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If someone were to ask you at that point in your life, hey, are you trying to be a professional wakeboarder? Would you have said yes or no? I think I still would have said yes. You said yeah? Okay. Yeah. So still yeah. a huge deal. I was you. still a big, I, th- I like to think I was still a big, pretty big deal in Australia. Yeah. You know, maybe not in the world, but like within Australia. And like those few years, I also met like a lot of the Americans that came over, like Fouché, um, Grant, I know he's not American, but like some bigger Big riders that, that, through, yeah. that were liquid force riders that came through. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. Okay. I was just curious on that. So then what was it? What year did you say you signed with Supra? 2013. 13. Okay. So how does that happen? Uh, Brad and Corey Tunison, they um, were sponsored by Supra. And so they put in a good word for me too. And then, yeah, I kind of met those guys and I fitted in well. And um, yeah. So that, that, I guess summer season you can say that you came over and said you're gonna give a good crack at it would you say it went well enough where you're to the point where like okay it worked mm-hmm. yeah like so 2013 was I learned a bunch of new tricks in 2013 like that I already had the whirly um and dum-dums tantrum lines reasonably consistent they were kind of like hit and miss but I had tantrum lines that year and then that year I learned Moby Dicks, Hannah Pass KGB. I landed Whirly Five. I was gonna one say trick that of trick of the year. year. Okay. Yep, one trick of the year for that. And then there was something something else. Like I think just everything was getting more consistent. But I learned like yeah, like four new tricks that year. And then so it kind of put me on the and then the first uh pro tour, the first basically pro event I entered, I came third at, like the pro tour stop. Came third at that one and like pretty much every contest I'd like almost make finals so i kind of like oh okay i'm in the mix yeah, now. i'm, in the, I'm okay. in the mix and like and it was also too like i was um had so many friends too you know like i was riding with like nicola butler a bunch um tara and me started getting really good friends caro and like amber and like so i i was like 
part of the, the part crew, of the crew you yeah. know <laughs> so it was a lot of fun i mean mm-hmm. good good time to be a, a wake quarterback for, sure. for sure so you've you were i mean you're starting to crack off wins after 2013 2014 2015 we'll talk about trick of the year in a little bit because i think that, that'll probably be an interesting little story but so you've won plenty of contests in your career quite a lot some world championships mm-hmm. what would you say is your your favorite or the one that means the most to you um uh, that's a hard one uh i mean i won a lot of australian nationals so like i guess the point in your life was the best one you know but like Moomba probably was the best one okay i always thought a world title would be like that's all i wanted to do was just win a world title and that was awesome like two world titles Yes, but Moomba didn't realize how much I wanted Moomba until I won Moomba. Why is like, that? Because it's just the whole event is just amazing. Yeah. Like hundreds and thousands of people come down and watch that. And like like it's in Australia, it's in Melbourne. Um, I mean, Moomba's been going on, uh, what is it now, like almost 60 years? I can't remember. how. Like Long time. Yeah, and so like we used to watch that on TV when we were kids when like my wakeboarding just came into it you know and we're like watching the wakeboard i remember watching it and i think it was chris o'shea and we're like how is he starting with his board under the water like we couldn't believe it like so like moomba is just like yeah it's just an incredible event it's so sick in australia too so yes so you know it's only an hour flight for me to get there so how long would the drive be like six hours okay yeah yeah, (laughs) um outside of you know winning contests sounds like moomba is a pretty big one but what was your favorite to compete in it could be to, to this day or just in general you have a favorite that was um man there's so many i'm probably missing so many in my head one that like kind of really stood out was um the the moomer in 2019 i came third at and like but so both years leading into moomba there i mean i competed some others but the two that i podiumed at i was night shift at the winery leading into that contest two weeks night shift so like i wasn't getting to train as much as you know i probably wanted to but like i was getting out there as much as i could so like leading into those two events was just like i was so tired and the in 19 my boyfriend right now jim jim uh he came over to hang out with me and um and we went to that contest and in the finals I just I put the run down that exactly how I practiced and like it was just the coolest feeling to get back to the dock and just have him like running down the shore and I'm just like I did it you know like so that was really cool because I got to exp- he, was there. I, he was there you know but like I'm trying to think of some other ones that were I mean any cool formats you remember over the over the years of you know unique formats I don't know um Man, I think I've taken too many hits to the head to remember that. I mean, far there back. could not be I mean, that. the team challenge is really cool. Okay. Um, that one just stands out because, you know, it's pretty fresh and new. Um, and I went to that one a couple of times. So that's really fun. I like the team challenge. And it's like, it gets everybody involved. Yeah, you know? I, think I was talking to Jake and he was saying yeah. the same thing. It's- yeah, like, like the guys are interested in watching us ride because they. <laughs> It matters to them too, you know? So like, they're like, everyone's kind of getting in and like cheering and like, that's a really fun one. I like that one. Yeah. yeah, I, I agree. I think team, team formats are cool and yep. it's, it's cool to get everybody together mm-hmm. and involved. Um, do you think women's competitive riding, the atmosphere of it has gotten better or worse since you've kind of been involved in it over the years? Um, in terms of like the riding or like, 
Um, maybe everything like. other than the writing. Okay. Um, maybe I'm just getting old and I'm old school, but like just contests in general, I just miss the vibe of like the whole, um, like the crowd. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm just getting old and all the younger kids hang out together now. But, like, I just remember going to contests and it would do so much. Like, so much. Everyone was there. You know what I mean? I think event. I think COVID probably had a lot to do with, like, not so many spectators. But, um, like, lately it just feels like you're driving down to Winterhaven, you know, and Straight going on. to take a set with your friends. Like, and yeah. it's just, like parents are there like doesn't feel like it's special so much anymore okay. and i think that's just contest in general yeah i think you're right for sure it so, just needs like like there was some events in australia at um it was wake wars in adelaide man that was a fun event but it was like more than just wakeboarding yeah what made it so fun outside of, it was, outside of wakeboarding they had um well it was like right at the beach in this town glenelg right at the beach there and like but they had music, so like most people were probably coming and pay for the music. A couple beers, but yeah. still, like they would come during the day to watch the wakeboarding. Half of them were drunk. There was alcohol there, you know. But like it was just a huge crowd, and like everybody got into it. And then that night, everybody went out, and like, like you felt like you were a pro. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah, you went sure. out, and you're like, people were like, holy crap! So you're riding out there today, and. I don't know. I don't feel they like don't know what they're so talking about. Yeah, but they, yeah, they were excited. there and they're stoked. Like that's yeah, totally agree. I think I, I miss that too in terms of just seeing the energy of the mm -hmm. of the contest. Um, how would you like to see? This doesn't have to be competitive wise, but I mean, is there anything you'd like to see improved on the women's side of things? It doesn't have to be competition. It can be you know anything. Um, um I mean, obviously, we all like to get paid more. It's one thing but um I, I agree with like i was listening to tara's podcast on this one and i definitely agree a lot with what she's saying is like just more of us you know what i mean like you have that feeling when you're the only female on the team and you're starting to get older and there's like some good riders coming up and you're like oh crap are they gonna like replace me you know what i mean but no we can have more than just one female on the team like there's like 15 dudes why can't we have you know two girls on the team or three girls on the team so i definitely feel like that could be improved a little bit in just terms of like just having more girls on the teams and including including us in the team thing yeah and yeah. would you say that putting more girls on the team would then spark more girls to get into the sport it's kind of like a if you don't have girls on the team and there might not be as many girls getting into the sport because they don't see girls on the team and it like sure. kind of yeah. feeds itself. I mean, just look at money-wise, you know? Like, if there's no money to compete for, like, yeah, these girls will grow up because the parents are probably paying for most stuff, you know? Like, and they, like, want to get really good to this point where they have to start paying for things and then they're like, well, what's the point? Like, I get to the pro and I don't get anything, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I won world in 2014 i didn't get a pro model board till 2021 like i've been a pro for 10 years this is my 10th year and i didn't get a pro model board till i was 2021 i won world and then my contract got cut in half the next year like oh shit. yeah and then the next year is just sort of doodled out and then yeah and then i switched teams but like 
it's it's crazy that it like to and it, it could just be the time like yeah. you know at the time there was like Melissa Amber Megan was coming up Tara Dallas there was so many writers already but like there was just one girl and well Liquid Force had a few girls but you know most most groups oh, Ramy Ramy was hyperlight so it was like well where do I go like so, yeah yeah so it's kind of like yeah if you have more things more girls will want to see it and they'll want to get better and then it's a balance yeah definitely a balance for sure i mean look at the dudes like look at kane he's a he's a freak he's so good and he's so young but he's seen Corey and nick and all these other writers and he's like oh i could, like i could do that and he's like so good at what is he now like 13 i think yeah something like Still that crazy like 14 young. or something like yeah. that you know he can't drive that's for sure and I mean, look, you, you can see that in a lot of the younger girls too. Um, I've drawn a mental blank now what her name is. That Italian writer right now, she's like 14. She, I, I don't know how to say her name. It's like Toe Sevens. Yeah, yeah, like Toe Sevens. Rap backs. I'll, in, I'll answer that right backs, now because yeah. we're not doing you justice right now. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to say it. But we'll I'm put sorry. It right I, but I, and you know who I'm talking about. And she's like yeah. 14. She's doing Toe Sevens. Killing it. Like, like how many girls are doing back fives right now? Like those Italian girls, like, Pete's like Chiara and Alice, like yeah. you know, they've seen what like like Amber and these girls have done, and they're just like, oh crap, and like Megan and Zara and stuff like that. Hopefully, yeah. me, but you know, you're <laughs> like <laughs> they see these tricks and they're like, oh, I can do that. So okay, the progression I think will just get more. Now's a good time to talk about trick of the year because you landed still, as far as I'm concerned, the only one to do a girl to do a whirly five. Yeah, I am actually. When was the last time you've done one? Yeah, no, uh, I. It's a sore subject. Um, well, like, so that was 2013, and I was doing whirlies. Like, I learned whirlies, whirlies really quickly. Like one set, and I learned them. It's like cool. Okay, had them in contest 2013. Corey and Brad whirly five. Like every time whirly five. I'm like, no, I can't do it. And um, Nicola actually pretty much had landed that trick before I did. Like I seen footage of her, and she like landed blind and just like rocked back on her heels and let go and um and one day I, I was like all right I'll give it a try I tried like two and I came around on them super easy and I was like oh I think like I think I can do this like I went that, to bed that night and I was just like I know how this can feel next day landed like second try no shit it yeah was that easy. it was that easy <laughs> and then like I landed a few of them and then just lost whirlies Whirlies were gone well, all together. That five, was it. So. Yeah. And then um, in 2020, Nick was like, Why aren't you doing whirlies? I'm like, Because I just can't do it. I just get stuck. And then he re taught me them, had them all year, and then lost them again. So I'm done with whirlies. You need some tramp sessions <laughs> or something. I don't know. Well, I did try that. No, tramps aren't good for me. I just fly off them instead. I'm too old for that now. <laughs> So but yeah, so I haven't done that in a long time. So that happened I 10 wish years I could ago. I mean, yeah. why don't you think we've seen a lady do another? I mean, mobs get done, you know, on a regular mm-hmm. basis by my girls for sure, but like no mob fives really since No, someone go and do it cuz it wasn't that hard. <laughs> someone else go do it cuz it really wasn't that hard. If you have whirlies consistent, it's not that hard. And the wakes now are huge. You can do it, I promise. Um, I mean, you see we see it at cable though. Like Anna um, Pete five, Lisa Crobo five. Like so, we see it more on yeah. on um the cable, but um, boats just more intense. 
definitely more intense. <laughs> that's for sure. But it, it's it's common. Like I mean, when I had chromos consistently, I was thinking of tra- trying chromo fives. I was like, man, I can feel this like melanchromobes, and I was like coming around really easy, and I was like, I think I can do this, and then um, lost chromobes as well. <laughs> Chromobes and whirlies are out out the window right now. I'm I trying guess. to get them back. No, chromobes. They are. So, I, was I went back to Australia. The wake was a bit smaller. Mm. Kind of struggled with them. And then when I came back over, um, I was doing this set with my friend Billy, and like I had him. I was like landing, dropping the handle, dropping the handle, and I should have stopped, but stubborn me just keeps going, and I died on a back edge. Like never have I taken a back edge that hard before. Like. Um, it felt like someone was just stabbing me in the back of the neck and Billy took me to the hospital and, um, and I'm a person that usually if, if I take a hard fall and I'm not knocked out, I would go again, you know, like, and I'll try it again. And then that was on the Monday, Saturday was the masters. So I was so stiff. I couldn't even really ride Saturday blew my knee. So, and then it was a whole year until I rode again. And the last time I tried that chromo was when I caught that back edge. And then it just took me a long time to even just, just to throw that trick again. Okay. So I think this is, this is a good time to talk about blowing your knee out. So <laughs> you kind of walked right into it, which is perfect. <laughs> I didn't have to intro it. But, so run us through how that happened. That day. Um, yeah. So I, I think I tore my ACL earlier in the year in 2013. I was trying some sevens off the kicker. Um, and I just landed and like twisted in and it was, I wasn't in like agony, but I knew there was something more than any other injury I've had. I didn't want to get a scan cause it was the start of my first year of being a pro rider, you know, like I was determined for that year to just go for it. So I didn't get a scan. And then at the end of the season, I got a scan and they were like, well, it looks like you kind of partially tore your ACL. Maybe like no one gave me a definite answer. They were just like, oh, I don't know, maybe, like in a previous injury. And I'm like, well, it had to have been from that. There was nothing else. So, but I rode for the whole seat and learned Whirly 5, Handlepass KGB, all this stuff. I'm like, can't have been that bad then. So I just didn't bother about it. And then 2015 was when I blew it. And it was at Masters. I came in to do a dum-dum and I just got, I got booted. And so... I was like, oh, I'll just bail to Tootsie Roll. I always do that. I like, I can just bail to Tootsie. But I landed on like the up of the trough and just, I don't know if it like straightened, but yeah, it was in- instantly just like, and it wasn't, apparently I kind of screamed, but like, I don't think it hurt that much from what I can remember. But, um, and then from there, I kind of was like, yeah, it doesn't feel good, but I don't know. And then I had scans and it was meniscus. And so I was like, all right, let's go in. And I'll just get it cleaned out back on the board in four weeks. And so I paid cash, had it done in America. And um, they, and while he was, I woke up and he, I was first thing, I'm like, how's my ACL all drugged up? And he's like, yeah, you're going to have to get that fixed. And I was like, no. So like five weeks later, I went back to Australia and had his ACL surgery. So Oof. that was my first ever surgery. So 25 for first surgery. Not too bad. Yeah. Had five five total now since then. <laughs> Knee surgeries? No, I had uh, ACL and the meniscus, and then I broke my left tibia plateau. Um, I had ankle surgery, and then last year I had back surgery. Okay. So we'll yeah. talk about the back in a second. But <laughs> so 
would you say two major knee injuries and then yeah the the left one was bone um so that one was just totally different i was on crutches for 12 actually the injury itself didn't hurt but man the surgery waking up from surgery oh that was painful like they're like what's your pain level i'm like nine because i was thinking 10 but i was like what if there is something that's more painful than this (laughs) i just kept saying nine i was like nine nine and then like finally it kicked in and i could like breathe but it was so painful because they had to put a plate and like some screws and stuff in there and um so that was just the bone so that was 12 weeks on crutches which felt like an eternity on crutches but then the good thing about that is once it was healed it was healed yeah, you I was going to say compare yeah. the ligaments versus the bone. Exactly. Like ligaments, you feel good, but you still got to wait for that to heal. Whereas bone, 12 weeks, you're good. You know, you're solid. But like I learned from the first surgery how to rehab. Like first surgery, I had no idea what to do. That meniscus surgery, my knee was a balloon. Like I had no idea what I was doing. So by the third surgery of my broken leg, I kind of – I rehab from like week one. I was already rehabbing after Once you felt like you were pretty much good to Mm -hmm. move around. They're like, you can do anything, just don't wait there. No walking for 12 weeks. Okay. Crutches, but yeah. yeah. And then I was, when I got back into the gym, my trainer, like, we'll do an upper body session. I'm like, okay, cool. So we're doing like some pull-ups and whatever. And the next day, my arms and that was so sore that I really couldn't walk because I couldn't use the crutches because it was just so sore. (laughs) And then for weeks, like I'm just in the gym carrying dumbbells like to get back to the sea you know carrying dumbbells within the crutches and like crutching over with dumbbells to sit down and do my weightlifting. <laughs> okay so you've had several major injuries those two uh, the knees would, are probably the most the biggest ones so what, what would you say you've learned through those two processes about rehab um it's a lot of a lot of ups and downs you're like, like you feel good, so you push it, and then the next day you're back two steps, and you're just kind of like, oh man, did I push it too far? Did I not? And every like, every surgery is going to be different. Like everyone has a different like journey, I guess, through their surgeries. But sticking with rehab and just trusting the process is like what will get you through it, you know. But by the fifth one, by the, like, you know, like a fourth or fifth one, it's like. I'm like, oh, here we go again. And I'm just like, I know the procedure now, you know, like, and like. Kind of sit back, say, okay. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm just having a little break and we're hitting the rehab hard, you know, like, so, yeah. The first one was definitely, like, I was out for a year. Yeah. I thought my life was ending, you know, not really, but like, I I thought it was all over. It's uncharted waters, yeah. Yeah, like, I didn't, I had no idea. My family, my parents have never had surgeries, like, they've never been in sport i mean dad used to play afl football like just for the local team you know not like anything so like we didn't know what we're what we're getting into so it was all just new but by the second third one i was like okay i know what's up now (laughs) yeah just gotta wait it out (laughs) go with the flow yeah through it um before we talk about your back injury let's uh tell me about the backyard wrestling federation you and your brother had and and do you remember what it was called yeah it was called ebwf extreme backyard wrestling federation i hate you Tris. <laughs> <laughs> we were so into wrestling Tris, i forgot about wrestling actually. this is your brother that you're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah this is my brother uh, tristan and um yeah we just loved wrestling like we would set up mattresses in the backyard 
and set up like ropes around it and have the ladders and like we'd have like aluminium trays to hit each other on the head with and like <laughs> we used to make my mom film it like oh man yeah we were really into wrestling this footage has to be out there somewhere oh, no, I not, it, it's like deep down you have to ask my mom to go find it in a dvd somewhere like it's deep in the storage section because <laughs> there was some funny stuff on your brother's youtube channel that you know you and your brother dancing in the van or whatever there's a whole lot of funny stuff back from yeah my brother used to, he um at school he um did um like uh, the editing um subjects you know like computer stuff yeah, yeah so like he really loved filming and editing and like he would always just nine o'clock at night and you'd be like back let's like film this thing i had this idea and then mom has to sit there for like an hour of filminess while we make some stupid little video and then put it up and like my my brother would have been like the youtube famous person before youtube was like a thing okay you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like he just has this personality that just everybody loves he's funny and he's just like yeah if if he was like now just a little times, too early. yeah yeah he was just too early yeah now times oh man he could probably make a living off just being on youtube doing stupid things so that made sense <laughs> that he was the one that filmed and edited your kind of like resume mm -hmm. that you sent out okay. yeah it's all kind of coming together yeah all right um power rank these five water sports wakeboarding underwater hockey barefooting wake surfing and wake foiling underwater what underwater hockey it's also called octopush but underwater hockey. <laughs> yeah. So one to five. <laughs> well, wakeboarding number one. Okay. What was the rest? Underwater hockey or uh, octopush, if you want to call it that. I think I just want to put that at number two because it just <laughs> okay. it, it's, it makes me laugh and it's I interesting. Mean, I can put in a video of some underwater <laughs> hockey right now. And check it out. It looks pretty fun. All right. So octopush, underwater hockey two. You got barefooting, wake surfing, wake foiling. Barefooting. Barefooting three. Yep. Okay. Because it's hard, and Gnarly I respect sure. anybody that does that. Um, foiling surfing. Okay. So pretty loyal to the foil. Yeah, somewhat. More loyal than. It's surfing. like foiling's funny because it's so hard to do, and then you kind of figure it out, and then you're like, now what? And yeah, you kind of. Like, I'm not going to go upside down. So I'm not going to go the Noah Flegel yeah, route. Like, yeah, no, you know, I'm good. So. <laughs> <laughs> Had enough injury the other way, so. <laughs> True, fair. Okay. Um, let's talk about just quickly to wrap up the injury kind of section of this. So what happened with your back? It was that, that was your most recent kind mm -hmm. of injury. So yeah, that the back sucked. I don't wish that upon anybody is back pain, like compared to the rest of the injuries. But yeah, I um I hurt my back and I was like two weeks on the couch and I was I was good. And then I was like kinda off and on for the rest of the, that year. And I was like okay like maybe i just went too hard or whatever and then like pretty much a year to the date um i was at the gym and i don't blame deadlifting but i probably shouldn't have done it like i was i was warming up and my back was tightening up and i was like i'll be fine it's just one of those things where i just gotta get into it and then i just i wasn't even going heavy did a couple of deadlifts and i was like huh that doesn't feel too good and as the day went on I could not move. Like I was in so much pain. I was in tears and Jim's like, I don't know how to help you. And um, I thought it would just come good after a couple of weeks and it didn't. And then I finally went and got MRIs and I herniated a disc in my back. And I didn't, 
I actually went to have my ankle looked at and my back because my ankle's been giving me grief for a few years too. So I didn't want to have back surgery. So I had the ankle surgery instead. <laughs> and I was like, I'll just have the ankle surgery, rehab that at the same time I rehab my back and try and get out of this back thing with just rehabbing. And um, so that that year was 2021. What are we now? 23? So mm-hmm. yeah, 2020. No, sorry. 2022 yeah. that whole season um which i did reasonably well at but like i couldn't go and really train at home it was like i'd have like one or two rides i'm like a week and i was like okay that's it and go to the contest come back do it again like couldn't try anything new i was just so much pain like and when i got the tingling in my feet that's when i knew something was up like my foot was going numb i got tingling in my feet and like something's up like this isn't right and so I pushed through that summer, got to the end of the year, and I was just like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I got to, like, if this means I can't wakeboard, at least I can have a life. Like, I couldn't stand in the kitchen for more than 30 seconds to cook dinner. I couldn't walk around the block with my boyfriend and the pops. Like, I couldn't do anything, you know? So I was like, all right, if this is my career over, it's it's over. But I got to... It's gotten to a point where I can't I'm, live like that. Yeah. So, and the surgeon, he was awesome. He wakes surfs, he has a G and he's like, he's really cool. And um, he was like, does it hurt when you tantrum? I'm like, how do you know what a tantrum is? I used to wakeboard. I'm like, oh, cool. So, and he was like, no, you're going to wakeboard again. And three months later, I was wakeboarding again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what was the surgery like for you back with the do? Um, so a quick, quick um, explanation of it. You got your bones, like the disc. And then in between that is um, the cushion kind of like a cartilage and then it's a hard surface and on the inside is a soft surface he said it kind of looks like crab like crab meat (laughs) and so when something wears out like especially a lot in wakeboarders from all the compression that outer surface wears out and then when you do something like it's a lot of flexion so that outer layer breaks down and then the inside basically shoots out and then it's pressing on your nerve like your um, nerve that runs down your leg or wherever it is in your spine, wherever nerve it's compressing. And um, so basically he just kind of goes in there and takes away that piece that's pressing on the nerve. And he said it was as big as his thumb. Like, that's what he That sounds big out. to me. Yeah, and he's okay. like, I don't know how you did what you did for so long. Like, he's like, and he's like, I had to like scrape at that crap because it was like in there, it was like embedded in there, like the scar tissue, you know, just oh, kept it all in there. And um, yeah. Did so, you get put under for that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but that it, was pretty nervous on that one. It doesn't sound like a crazy surgery, though. Is it pretty straightforward for him pretty, to do that? Yeah. Okay. It's he like he was a brain surgeon, um, and then he came to Florida and he works on like spines. Okay. So, and he's like, I mean, I talked to a lot of other spinal surgeons, and they're like, yeah, if you're gonna get it, get it with him. He's he's good. Got the right guy. And he works on athlete, pretty much only athletes, and um, yeah, so. I was like, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Got the right guy for the job. That's that's great. <laughs> and he had a like relationship in wakeboarding. You know, he knew what I'm doing. Yeah. And um, yeah. So that helps, helps. a lot. I'm sure. Um, we're kind of talking about tricks, but what what trick would you say took you the longest to learn? The a back roll, was like my first ever. My first, first yeah, that major first trick. flip. Then everyone's like, oh, they will come so fast after that. No, they didn't. They <laughs> did not. They'll come fast. Actually, tantrum. Tantrum was really hard. I struggled with that one. I remember um, uh, Dean, 
No, my, I'm terrible with names. I forgot. Someone came to Australia and I had a lesson. I landed two and then I couldn't do it for like another year. And then when I landed it the year later, I had it after that. I figured it out. But yeah, that took me a long time. Long I think long the tantrum's time. way harder than the back roll. I, I think so too. To get the timing and the trip right. I feel like so, the back roll, you can just rock into the way yeah. you can flip. And like, what do you mean? I could turn my body, put my weight on my toes. Then like, that's just, just too much. Yeah. Just let me just cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> cartwheel, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. If, uh, if the US had, or if we had a wakeboard contest and it was USA versus Australia, who would win? Australia. Wow, that was quick. How <laughs> was there no hesitation? I mean, I'm an American resident now, but I still would have to say Australia. I think that'd be really interesting if you had would be. 5v5 or 6v6 or something. Australians just like, I mean, Americans too, but like so many Aussies are just like, they know what they needed for a contest. You know, like Corey and Nick, it's just like, they know, hey, I need this trick, this trick. And they can just, like Nick is so consistent. Yeah. So consistent. Like a rode with him a bunch over the last few years and like he'll just go out and do his contest pass like three times three times a day almost like, too consistent every like you're just easy. like well, how are you sick with <laughs> like three ta- uh double tantrum blinds in one set i'm sure Corey and uh, like does it too bad i don't ride with Corey that much anymore so i don't see him doing it but like you're just like man you're and he's in pain, like his back's hurt or something, and he's still doing double indie tantrum blinds. I'm like, mine never matter. It's just getting it done. All yeah. right, so don't love that answer, but I guess it's, it is what it is. <laughs> um, what's the coolest spot wakeboarding has taken you? Coolest place you've ridden? Um, I mean, I mean, it's Lake Powell. That was pretty cool. Not wakeboarding-wise, but scenery-wise. And I've always seen it in movies, yeah. you know what I mean? Like seen in movies, seen in the wakeboarding, like Sean Murray – unleashed mm-hmm. you know like you see it it's all in that level. so it's yeah. like yeah so <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool to go see um but yeah conditions wise not very good <laughs> and then one of my favorite places would have to be Mawela in australia uh it's the same river that runs through my hometown but it's that lake with all the dead sticks in it you would have seen it it's in uh it's in prime yep. right yep. Yeah. yeah exactly with like dean and stuff um looks wild yeah that that place is really cool because, like, the river part of it is pretty narrow. So, like, you always find good – as long as there's no boats. But, like, you always get out of the wind. and But then you come out into the open. And when you get a glassy day out with in the trees, it's pretty amazing. Sick. Yeah, you ever, really ever jib any of the trees? I asked Tony no, that. But, okay. I'm not that good. Oh, that did he fun. say the same place? Yeah, he said, uh, he said awesome. I, that was one of them, too. Cool. For him and, so. <laughs> I mean, it must be – it looks sweet on video. I can't imagine in, in person. Yeah, it's it is really awesome cool. Uh, we got a question from Dylan Miller here. No. And he's wondering. I'm getting more than I thought. Well, actually. you're going to get another one after this, too. Uh, he's wondering what what it's like dating the strongest slash best looking boat tech in Central Florida. He, he first started off by saying, What's it like dating the strongest, best looking boat tech in Claremont? But then he said, Never mind, Central Florida. So it's amazing. He's he is really awesome. Like, I'm super lucky to find him. He, We've been together for um, basically since 2017. And, um, yeah, there's just it's no arguments. Everything's cool. We're on the same level as each other and just like we support him and he supports me and it's yeah. He it's rides great. too. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And when your parents never say a bad word about him, you know you've got a good one there. It's true. That's a very good point. <laughs> uh all right, we got a question from Cena. Oh. Cena now Cena Jacobson. I don't know. I think that mm-hmm. I mean I think she took his last name, but 
Anyways, um, and who, anyone who doesn't know Sina, uh, Copycats Club founder, Amazing. creator, all around badass. So go check Very out Copycats cool. Club, obviously. Um, she's wondering what you would love to see in women's wakeboarding right now. So it's kind of a broad question. So you can go wherever you want with that. But. I'd love to see a movie. Oh, okay. A wakeboard, uh, like sets in motion. Do you remember that one that Amber did? Yeah. That Amber like put together and that we were all a part of? Um, that was sick. And I would like the level of writing then till now, like that would be a really sick movie of like cable and boat of just like the best women, not even the best women, but like, a, you know, just like scumline, but women's version. That'd be cool. I love it. <laughs> I was not expecting that, but I love it. <laughs> I was talking to Trevor a bunch about it at um, our fat sack shoot the other year after scumline came out and I was like trying to get all these ideas on how to do it. It would be really cool. That would be really, I mean, I'm all about it. Huge. Uh, yeah. Any, any way I can help with that, <laughs> hit me up, let me know, because I'm, I'm all on board with that. Um, okay. So movie. I love it. Anything else come to mind? It's a good answer. So Just that. I miss like, I miss having like, um, like when I used to come to Orlando, it's like Surf Expo, Wake Awards, like, and um and the movie premieres, you know, yeah, like Surf things. Expo time was just amazing. Like you try and sneak into Surf Expo so you can meet some pros and like you turn up to the, to the premieres and like, it was just, it was so cool. Like every, all the pros were there and it was just like, it was exciting. Yeah. It was exciting to get excited about something. Now you just scroll through Instagram and you're just like, cool, seeing that. And you're like, oh, that was pretty sick. And then you just. Forget about scrolling. it. And yeah, you forget about it after a couple of minutes. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I was talking with Shane about that and the, the like, where does a longer video piece live in this wakeboard world mm-hmm. now that we're in, in the industry? And I, I still think it has a place. So For sure. We just gotta. I, I get way more vo- motivated watching a movie than just scrolling Instagram. It has way more know? impact yeah. too on up and coming mm-hmm. riders and people who are still into it right now. For sure. sure. I mean, you watch Scumline. I've watched it several times numbers like yep. it's it's big like it's yep. still movies are still a thing I mean. like the fat sack shoot this year we um were on shasta lake shasta and uh on the houseboat and trevor bought all like his dvds uh, i think i watched butterfuck like three times again and we're like yeah let's go do it like let's go get some cool stuff <laughs> yeah it gets you hyped I yeah mean, for sure there's a lot more effort that puts into it that's put into it so mm-hmm. i am beyond stoked with that answer but <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's talk some technical stuff. So stance, board size, row plank, speed, all that. What are you, what are you riding at? Um, I have the Axis A24. Um, so I ride 22.4 miles an hour behind that, 77 and a half-ish feet. Ish? Yeah, I don't know. It stretches out. So it's kind of 75, uh, 77-ish. Um, and then my board is a 138 um, and stance all the way out. Kind all of old up. school a little okay. bit. Yeah. Angles? What, what kind of angles are we talking? Um, well, the, it was always 12. 12 degrees, 12 degrees. Until I listened to Tara. And she was like, yeah, does it have to be the same? Like, how far the boots are? I'm like, oh, crap. So now it's like 18 and 12. Like 18 okay. on the outside. And you like it a so little bit? Like, yeah, like so it's shuffled just back a little yeah. bit. So it's in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, never really thought about that. Exactly. Just always lined it up the same. <laughs> Tara with some knowledge coming out yep. there. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about the reality show. So I tried <laughs> so hard to find this reality show to watch, and I couldn't find it on the internet, which is I, I shame on me because I'm pretty good on the internet, and I can't find it. So uh, just run us through. You were on a, a reality show called Instant Hotel in mm-hmm. Australia. Run us through how that opportunity came about and, and what it was. Well, so we owned a houseboat 
um, we kind of got that because I wanted to set up like a, a school in my hometown. So it's like come and stay on the houseboat and you get lessons, like a full like camp thing. So we bought the houseboat um, that, and we rented that out. I put it up on Airbnb to rent it and Channel 7 were doing this new reality show. They were searching for like cool places to go and the houseboat popped up and they rang me and were like, hey, we're doing this like TV show and want your houseboat to be part of it and like we search you and your pro wakeboard is really cool and I was like whatever this is some bullshit you know and um and she was like do you have anyone that would want to be on the show with you and I'm like well of course Tristan like no the better person to go on the show with and um we just we didn't really think it would come about and then yeah we're on a reality tv show and basically the show is about there were five pairs and we all stayed at each other's places and then we judged each other's places. So we spent one night oh, in cool. their place and then we judged like out of a score out of 10, I think it was 10, score out of 10 of what their place is like. So like location, the night stay, how nice it was. I can't remember the criteria, but yeah. Give it a review. It was, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and um, yeah. And then we we're on this show. How'd you guys do on the show? Um, we didn't win. <laughs> we went to the Brisbane house, the first one, and um, we walked in and Trismi looked at each other and we're like, well, we're lost. Like, there's no <laughs> way that we're going to win this. Ours was just unique because it was a houseboat and yeah, it was yeah. on the river and stuff. But, like, that house ended up winning the Brisbane one. But um, it was definitely an experience, that's for sure. Do they pay you as, like, to be on the show? They or did, it- yeah. Oh, they did? Yeah, just like a um, – they based it off, like – the average person's wage and then we just got paid for the weeks that we filmed oh which was only two weeks okay like working basically pretty much yeah i mean that's awesome so we still got something and you get the publicity for the airbnb Mm -hmm. did you get a couple bookings off yeah we got some bookings off it i got a fair bit of coaching from it because wakeboard coaching yeah yeah in my hometown like everyone come over the holidays and that and um so i got a fair bit of coaching that the next few summers okay yeah yep um I don't know if they wanted to learn wakeboarding or they just wanted to meet me because I was on the show. But either way, I took people out wakeboarding. So, did your uh, did your brother get any interesting requests after the show was aired? Remember I'm sure it? he got some weird DMs from he, some people. He did. <laughs> Do you know as he said some? Uh, someone asked him for a picture of his feet. So that's, oh, <laughs> I don't God. know if you remember. I do that. remember that actually. Yeah. I think he sent him back a picture of some chicken feet or something like that. Oh, yes, yeah, sounds about so, right. <laughs> uh, is that is that Airbnb? Do you guys still have that or? No, we sold it the other year. Okay. Um, so I haven't been back to Australia since 2020, um, and it's just a lot of work to have the houseboat, and yeah. so. And my brother, he loves to travel too. So it was just mum and dad. And um, yeah, there was just, you know, they kind of getting older and it was just a bit too much. And I was like, yeah, I don't know how much I'm going to come back anymore. So so we sold it. So you're, you said you're America full time. So yeah. Yep. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. So let's talk some sponsors. So um, you mentioned Jet Pilot, Fat Sack. Uh, you, you, said you were started on liquid force and then you recently switched to hyperlight i guess not recently but you got your pro model mm-hmm. with hyperlight so what sparked that transition from liquid force to hyperlight um we just like i was saying earlier there was like a lot of people on the team you know there was like melissa and amber and shelby megan um there's a lot of riders so maybe i don't i don't know why 
I wasn't on the team anymore, actually. I just, it just sort of faded out. Um, communication sort of stopped happening and it just kind of faded out. And then, um, so I started looking for someone new. Um, I actually went to Slingshot, but they just got Caro. So, and then Hyperlight still had Raimi, but I was sponsored by Tommy's. So I was like, I was going to the access shoot and I'm like, I only had a broken liquid force board. And I was like, I need like a current board to go to the shoot with. So I went to Tommy's and just kind of grabbed some Hyperlite boards and I was like, yep, this, this one works. And then then I started riding that. And then I just kind of started taking my own initiative to like do shoots in Claremont and like any photos or videos or anything, I'll just send it through to Greg and just be like, Hey, like, just kind of like showing some initiative to like I, hey i just don't want free stuff like i want to do stuff with you yeah. guys and then um that was in 2017 and then 18 is when i started kind of getting involved with the hyperlight team more okay yeah. and then took a couple of years i mean it sounds like for most people at least at hyperlight it's like it's a couple of years to get the pro model you're kind of working with the, with yeah. the team and or yep. the brand so mm-hmm. yeah i think in 2018 we just shot at Mari's house so we didn't go anywhere and then I think 19 is when we started. I think it was – oh, yeah, that's the year I broke my leg. So that was when we went to Delta. And then we started, we did like two or three years in the Delta. And then we kind of went some different places. Okay. So, so got yeah. with Hyperlite. And then yep. a bigger transition I would say is – I don't know if there's any – there's obviously not overlap, but you were on Super for a little bit and then moving over to Axis. So mm-hmm. did you, were you off Super for a little bit and then went on Axis or was it kind of a smooth transition? Yeah, I was with Super for uh, – 13, 14, 15, 16, four years. Okay. <laughs> Let's count that. Um, <laughs> I was with them for four years. And then I was, that was kind of another point in my life when the visa I had was starting to run out. Um, and I was kind of thinking of like the future, whether, I, you know, more going to be in Australia than here. And that was my plan was to have the camp and everything in Australia in Mildura. And that was my plan was to live there. So it was just kind of like, worked out better to be with access because they build them in australia so it just had i was gonna ask yeah just kind of like it was just good for me at the time that i wanted to make that transition into something that's like i have a closer connection within the country that i was in yeah you know what i mean um and then also too i rode with west powers a bunch he's um the sales manager at tommy's so we were riding a bunch together when i after I blew my knee when I was coming back from that because I didn't have a boat so I just ride with whoever I could ride with and he was always taking like clients and customers out demos so like he'd just drag me along and I'd just do a demo with him and I got to ride you know so and he was like oh you should be with like Axis we could like that'd be so sick and so he helped me get on the team bunch too sick so it was him and then um Thorpey at the time in Australia I've known Thorpey for a long time too and um yeah so okay it's connections. A couple different factors connections. That play there, but connections is huge. <laughs> and is. then, um, yeah, and then 17, um, they invited me to the shoot here in America. So it was more of an Australian thing. But then they said good things in America, and then they invited me to the shoot in 17, and then I've been doing it since then. Okay. Are you yeah. still involved at all with anything in Australia when it comes to, like, boards um, or boat sales or anything like that? Not too much, okay. no. Um, I was actually um, – I want to go back from Moomba – because I haven't seen my dad since 2020. So, yeah, so I really want to get back there. Um, It was COVID, and then um, I couldn't leave because of the green card stuff, so I was 
sort of stuck here for a while and um just all the other craziness and then um yeah so i want to go back from moomba and i want to go catch up with like axis and hyperlight in australia and do yeah. some stuff for them while i'm back there no kidding that's it's a long time three <laughs> years over three years yeah um, and i'm like they're like my best friends so it sucks <laughs> facetime is only so good yeah right? <laughs> yeah it's not skype anymore you can call from wherever a little bit better uh all right let's talk about kind of the future a little bit so what what right now is getting you stoked on wakeboarding? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Could be, you know, riders or... Just doing it. After the back surgery, when I really didn't think I was going to wakeboard again, I just, like, just being on the wakeboard, I was just stoked. Like, I've always, I think... I mean, you got to be in this sport to love it. You're... You, you're not going to be in this sport because you want to make money. There's, yeah. no, there's no way. Like, you have to love this sport. And for me to be doing it for as long as I have, even though I started pretty late, like, I generally do love it. It gets tiring. You get burnt out. Sure. It, that's jobs. That's any kind of job. But, like, I just love being out in the water and just having fun and, like, riding with people. So, like, but I'm I'm kind of enjoying the smaller things, like trying different grabs so what happens when you get older and you just get scared of trying new things harder things you're just like oh just do grabs but anyway i'm like just like trying to get my method better and just like little things like that and just yeah perfecting what i have um i mean contest is still a motivator for sure i was gonna say do you still say you're kind of a contest rider yeah okay like i think i'm a fair of a free rider too like i used to put out a fair few edits you know um so like free riding still kind of my forte and what i love to do um because contests just make you super nervous and you just (laughs) you're like why am i doing this but then you do a good ride and you're like this is why i'm doing it anyway but like contests still have a certain place to push your riding you know like um i think if it wasn't competing i wouldn't be trying harder tricks or want to get like harder tricks i'd just be doing grabs and making other things look cool yeah. so like i think it still has some sort of a place to, to push me and vo- yeah. motivate me you yeah. know okay because this year i kind of took sort of took a year off competing um i just kind of went to the ones that i could and i tried to do more trips for sponsors rather than the contest but um but next year i want to like compete again so i'm kind of like oh i want to do some bigger things because there's some bigger tricks being thrown now, like back. Especially now, like, oh. Zara coming back. Yeah. I feel like she's a huge mm-hmm. like force, kind of driving yep. some progression, which is great. And obviously, all the other names that are still in it, but yeah. she's just one that came to mind. That <laughs> yep. this was like kind of her returning year, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, so speaking of riders, what what riders right now do you love to watch, both on the men's and the women's side of things? Um, Getting you stoked. I mean, sort of love Trevor and Josh's riding. Like they get me stoked when I go to the hyperlight shoots and um and go to the fat sack shoots. Yeah, you know, like I love going on their boats because they get me stoked. And that you see them riding, and I'm just like, I go home and I'm like, oh, I want to do that, and I try it and it doesn't look anything like it. it. Doesn't even feel that cool. <laughs> like damn it, I don't know how they make it look so cool. I ride a bunch with Tara. She motivates me. Um, you know, she's still out there doing chromobes and like, so she motivates me. Um, and we, yeah, we ride a bunch together. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Yeah. Who's in your, who's in your crew that you're usually riding with? Um, Jim, I ride with Jim a bunch. Dylan, we'll go, like I ride with Dylan 
And then just a few friends like Billy Park, he's been, uh, he was a coach at the wakeboard camp. We've been friends for like 15 years. So we will ride a bunch, Tara. And then a lot of people have been coming to stay, like whoever kind of comes to town and wants to hit up. A couple of the Aussies that come over. Okay. Yeah, like Luke Scafidi, rode with him a bunch this year when he came over. And um, yeah, just whoever's around. Love it. Uh, I was going to add, yeah. So um, what's the plans plans for the future? So you said, you know, this next season, get back into the contest swing of things, hopefully get some dubs. <laughs> anything, anything else other than getting back um, into the contest thing? Yeah, I love working out and I love fitness. And, and ever since my knee surgery, I found a love for working out. So I did a personal training course the other year and I've been doing a lot of CEUs from that. And um, so I'd love to like own my own gym one day. Um, that'd be really cool. I set the garage up into a gym. So I have a couple of clients that I um, train in there, which okay. is really fun. Um, and like, I've just always like, I love coaching and I love like helping people do things that they didn't think they could do. And that was for me with fitness was like, I didn't think I could do weighted pull-ups or 240 pound, uh, no, not 240. That's fine. No, that's right. Yeah, 240 pound deadlifts. And like, you know, for a tall, lanky person like me at the time, <laughs> that was like pretty amazing. So like, yeah, I would love to teach people or like help people through a journey and something that they didn't think they could do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe a little bit more of the fitness kind of things going yeah. into the future slowly. Yep. I'd love to like do some athlete training. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like really like, and the the, the few clients that I have, I'm just like, it's been fun because like yeah okay squat and it's like all right like let's redo this whole squat like there's so much more to it than you think of just like squatting down you know yeah, so especially before like, we add any weight to this let's exactly get the like, form going yeah especially like because i didn't know all about before my my knee surgery you know like i didn't know anything yeah i went to the gym but like i did the classes the zumba classes or whatever you know <laughs> like i didn't know crap until i started working out with my trainer and um and I just like so much injury prevention stuff that like I'd love for like all these young people to have, you know, like the yeah. knowledge. It's like, yeah, you can be really good on the water and train hours and hours on the water, but there's still the off water component that's going to give you longevity. Like all this off water training, it's not about like so a lot of the time it's not about like lifting heavy and stuff, but it's just making you strong and making you longevity that's going to yeah. keep you in the sport for longer 100 percent, mm. which is super crucial especially yeah. i feel like as a when you're young you're like i don't need to do any of that shit like no i don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't need any of that like i'll just go wakeboard <laughs> and then i'll be fine exactly and then you hit a certain age and you're yep. like well if i want to keep doing this you, you kind of got to do the off water mm -hmm. stuff i mean five surgeries deep and i'm still riding so got to say something right <laughs> seriously i mean unless you're just doing a ton of cold plunges Is that, you just do i do i do do cold plunges oh, you do? Okay. yeah <laughs> it sucks it sucks every single time <laughs> but when i hit my back i i was like i'm gonna do anything i can to yeah. try and help this and one of them was ice bath and and um so yeah i just kind of kept that i'm one a big going. fan they're yeah. fun for it's, sure me and Jim were just like, you can do a nice bath tonight? Oh, yeah, okay. Like, and we go out there. What's it set at? Oh, crap, 45. Don't even it's tell not me. even that cold, but we still suck at it. <laughs> Mental game. All right. I think I think we, we did the damn thing. Is there is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything you, you want to touch on you feel we missed here? Um, I don't think so. I mean, it's 32. Oh, no. I'm 34 now. Oh, that's scary. 
it's a lot of life, but I'm sure there's lots of stories, but it's okay. Time's a social construct. It. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> exist, so don't worry about it. But uh, no, I think I think we're pretty good. Yeah. I think people got some of my embarrassing moments of wrestling and some of my good moments. And I, oh, I had some great contest runs too. I talked a lot about crappy contest runs, but I've had well, some Well, I mean, you've got a lot of dubs. Yeah. Like you've got yeah. a lot of wins, so yep. two so. two world titles or championships. Yeah. Um, yeah, my first one was – first big one was the 2013. Um, I won one of the World Cup stops. That was the first big one. So it was like, yeah, that one, two world championships, um, Moomba. Um, trying to think what else. Trying to think of the trophies that are hanging up on the, on the wall. Well, I, I, you know the wakeboard site? <laughs> mm-hmm. So yep. I, I always go on the wakeboard site to see, like, people's results. And Is that still? It's still up, but okay. it's not updated, which okay. is unfortunate. There's a whole story behind that, which I'd love to have him on. But, um, yeah, so it's updated until, like, I think 2019. Okay. And so after that, yeah. which is is recent, but, yeah. like, it's still, still nice to be not able that recent. look at the yeah. person's name and be like, okay, they got For all sure. these results. That but, was really cool, actually. It was really, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yep. He had some stats that you're just like, really? Like, after I won the second world, it was I think he posted something. It was like, Beck's, uh, Beck won the world championship. This is the first time she's won won a contest since 2014 in her world. Like, I was like, oh. I didn't even know that. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> thanks for throwing that one out there. <laughs> it's something like that. It was something pretty funny. And I was like, oh, wow, that sucks. <laughs> 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 but yeah it was some stats that you just had no idea about yeah, yeah. good stuff I, I really wish that was still updated mm-hmm. but whatever um yeah anyone you want to thank i guess you could go on the ride line app now okay i don't <laughs> want to talk about the app i'm not giving an app another app to follow wakeboarding i'm sorry w, i'm not actually that'll it. probably work in perfect like that that site till 19 and then like 2020 is probably when the ride line app started you're probably and right you could go back through to like to then yeah, to you're see the right see the results i'm not a big don't make me get an app I'm not an app guy <laughs> i went through and deleted a whole bunch on mine the other day actually <laughs> oh man okay yeah anyone anyone you want to thank sponsors any you know friends family that stuff? um of course my sponsors axis hyperlight fatsack they've been with me for a fair while now and then keeping my food on the table you know but no nah, they're, they're awesome they're like treat me like a family they've always been great since day one and of course my parents i mean like they've been they've just been awesome my brother for making me do cool things and always telling me i'm lame if i do something lame so that's <laughs> made me be the writer i am today you know and um and jim definitely jim's the last four or five years of just dealing with all my crap <laughs> but uh yeah no um yeah my, my parents are just amazing like we never grew up with money money you know like obviously they had to buy the first few boats that we had but yeah. like they did everything that i could that 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 they could do to help me and then once they hit 18 they started making my own money but like yeah they just were always there for me awesome always needed always there when i needed a bitch about something and then <laughs> i just i just need to talk about it and then i move on and then like the perfect ones <laughs> all good parents at least will listen <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much cool. for coming on. This was a, this is a blast. I had a lot of fun. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Make sure to uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you want to support the podcast, hit that Patreon. Maybe grab some merch. You know. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Beth. Thank you. Thanks, thanks everyone for, for listening. Me. See you guys next time.